God is doing. When God does that, when you have a hunger for Him, when you have a hunger for Him, you have to develop that hunger. I mean, when Jesus was taken out by the enemy, by the devil, and He was tempted, in Matthew 4 4, He says, as soon as I get this thing to work, right? In Matthew 4, 4, it says, It is written, The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Hallelujah. Say every word. Every word. That proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I mean, there is a, a vacuum in the heart of every man that can't be filled by anything that is created. And all of us that have faced different struggles, whether it's health, whether it's addictions, we know that the only thing that filled that was God. We tried filling it in other ways. We tried satisfying our addictions, satisfying our lust, chasing after this, chasing after that. But only God Amen. could fill the heart. Amen. We need to develop that hunger for God. Amen. And as you can hear from her testimony, some people have that hunger. They spend time with God. And others don't. And you don't see what certain people do. Humans cannot live without God. For if we live without God, what does it say? Nothing but death. How would you describe your hunger? For God. I mean, they got people. You know, they go into a restaurant, they'll tell the waitress or waiter, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. I mean, think about that. The volume of food in a horse is what they're saying. It'll take all that to fill me. But how much of God is it going to take to fill you? Amen. Hunger for God is different than a hunger natural. Natural hungry we eat, we're full, we're satisfied. Until the next time. But a hunger for God, the more we have of God, the more we want of God. Amen. We are never satisfied. Because if you're satisfied with where your level is with God right now, you're dying. Amen. If you're not going forward, you're dying. So how would you describe your hunger? Jesus said to be desperately hungry for God is a very special blessing to develop that. 
Can you imagine being so hungry for God, so famished, like the woman with the issue of blood? She seeked out her help. She knew it was God. And she knew all she had to do was touch his garment. You need to get into your prayer closets. You need to get into his word. Like we said last week, get off Facebook and put your face in the book. Get off of that. I mean, you can get into God's Word and, and, and find a tidbit, and you can get into God's Word the next day and find even more. Amen. You can read something you read last year and read it again, and it reveals something new to you. Amen. It's the living Word of God. There needs to be a hunger there. You know, go online. It's so easy today. You can go online. You can get daily devotions emailed to you. I mean, you don't even have to look them up. They'll come right to you. Some of them will even read it to you. I mean, the Bible on, on our app, on the church app, is audio. You can turn it on. You can listen to it all the time. Amen. And it just keeps going and going and going. There's no reason to do that. If you're hungry for God, coming to church once a week isn't going to do it. You're not going to grow spiritually if you think coming to church is going to help you get closer to God. No way. No how. Can't do it. Even coming on Sunday and Wednesday will not be enough. It's just not enough. I mean, look, if you come to church once a week, and the average person doesn't come to church 52 weeks, once a week, two hours a day. It's 104 hours out of your entire year. And you think that's going to get you closer to God? You think that shows that you're hungry? You need to develop that hunger. You want your life to change. You want to see things like what Sister Susan's going through and the the other people that have been saved and, and healed and had their addictions being delivered from those. You need that kind of life. You need to be able to do that. You have to develop a hunger. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said that. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst. You'll have God's right direction in your mind when you hunger for him. He will steer you in the ways. He will teach you how to go. Man's not going to do that for you. There isn't one person in this room that hasn't lied to somebody else in this room. There's not one person in this room that hasn't let down somebody else in this room at one time or another. Not intentionally, but it's been done. There's not one person in this room that hasn't been let down by a man. Has God let you down? No. 
you can have the right direction of God in your spirit, in your soul. How easy it is to just live for God if you commit. I'll tell you, being a Christian and following the ways of Jesus was a lot harder than being an addict. When you have an addiction, all you care about is feeding that addiction. When you start to chase after God, you realize that the more you chase him, the more he reveals to you. So it's like you never end. You keep going after God. Tom Tenney wrote a book called God Chasers years and years ago. What a great book. How to chase after God. How to go after him. You're going after God. Think how easy it would be to follow God in your workplace or in the school when everything is around you is corrupt but yet you sit there and you know that God is with you he's, he's right there with you he's right there with you your life can be filled with God taking you in the right direction in every area of your life there's no area of your life you should leave God out of although a lot of us like to leave God out of our money we think it's ours. That's the first lie you've been told. It's not your money, it's God's. Amen. He's just letting you use it. Amen. We know who trusts God. I can tell looking at a financial report who trusts God and who doesn't. It's so easy. To say the words trust God it's so easy to come in and feel great you should leave this place different it should make a difference in your life but every day with God should make a difference in your life it should grow you in a way wouldn't you love to be like Peter and John when they walked down the city streets and people lined up the sick people and just their shadows healed those people you have that authority you have that power but it's not going to get turned on if all you're doing is coming to church for two hours on a Sunday you're going to have to go after that but Jesus has given it to each and every one of you it's available to all of us he lays none of us out. God's willing to operate in every area of your life that you surrender to him. That you surrender to him. Amen. It has to be a surrender on your part. I mean, look when Moses met God in a burning bush. I mean, how many of us would love to have that experience? You know, just have a bush standing right there burning. Some of you would run out the door as fast as you could go because you'd be scared to death. Others would be real curious. Moses wanted to see God. And then God tells Moses, I'm going to use you to lead the people of Israel who have been captive in Egypt 
for so long. I'm going to have you lead them all out into the promised land. Moses said, I'm not worthy of that. I stutter. I'm a murderer. God, why use me? It's just that God can use each and every one of you. See, so you forget you're his chosen people. He chose each and every one of you. He handpicked you. He reached down and, and touched you. We get into debates about political things. There isn't a politician that knows your name. The last presidential election, you know, this party votes this way, this party votes that way, this one's arguing with this one, this one's arguing with that one. None of those people know who you are. But God knows every hair on your head. Amen. Why not serve a God that loves you? and cares for you than serve a politician who doesn't care whether you live or die. Why is that? I mean, it's just wonderful to be able to serve God. It's so refreshing. They sang about God's goodness. They sang about it being well with your soul. What is that, the relationship? If you know anything about your song, you know that the man's four daughters and his wife passed away in a boat. They sank. He was supposed to be on that ship too, but he wasn't. And he wrote the song as well. I'm okay with it. Because I know God's God. And I know I'll see him someday. So it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. When you surrendered your life to God, what did he do? He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within you. He didn't send his Holy Spirit to take up some empty space in some cavity of your body you're not using. You know, like taking that package and putting it in the closet and just forgetting it's there. No. He sent it to give you all the opportunities that you would ever need to operate within his will. Now he's a different will for everyone. We're not all going to be the same. We're not all going to have the same gifts. The glorious thing is we can get together on Sunday with all these different gifts that we have all these great things that God has done with us and just worship him in one accord. We can shout praises to his name because he's worthy. He's worthy. We don't come in and shout praises to each other. We shout praises to God because of his goodness. As we get together, as we get in one accord, the power of the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God, just gets stronger and stronger in this place. As long as we've been here, I've seen one glory cloud in this place. But there should be one every week. 
His manifest presence should be so strong in here that at times we cannot walk. But instead, people would rather sit, think about different things. You realize you're sitting in the sanctuary of God. Amen. In his house. He knows exactly what you're thinking Amen. right now. Amen. Is he pleased with you? Is he pleased with your thoughts? Are you hungry for him? Do your thoughts reveal hunger? Colossians 1.27 says, To them God filled to make known what are the riches and glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit came to us. We got adopted into that family. Why would we let it go to waste? We are the most awesome Father in the world. In all of creation, we have God the Father with us. Amen. The Holy Spirit came and he'll fill us all if you're hungry for God. If you want more of God, he'll give it to you. He'll keep filling you. The more hungry you are, the more God's going to give you. It's a complete opposite of the flesh. We can't sit out there and just continue to eat until we burst. But we can continue to eat the word of God. Amen. We can continue to seek after his presence and he will continue to pour himself out on us. He will continue. Proverbs 27, 7 says, A satisfied soul loath the honeycomb, but to the hungry soul Every bitter thing is sweet. In other words, when you're full of pride and self and carnality, you have no appetite for Jesus, as sweet as he is. As sweet as Jesus is, you have no hunger for him if you're full of the world. There's no room for both of those things inside you. Even the size of me, there's no room for both of them. <laughs> we have to chase after God. Amen. We have to develop that hunger. Each and every one of you need to develop a hunger for God. Your own hunger. I can't be hungry for you. I can only be hungry for myself. Amen. I can only chase after God for me. But you can chase after God for you. I mean, it's great when you see the worship team up here and you know they're all worshiping together. They're all in one mind. They're all in one accord. They're all in one spirit. The anointing of God is covering them. The Holy Spirit is just flowing through them. But the Holy Spirit should be flowing through each and every one of you. He should be flowing through you now but it should be flowing through you tomorrow night at 10 o'clock or Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. Amen. The Holy Spirit's there for you all the time. Use him. Use him. God's moving in your spirit has so much 
more to do with the cry of your heart than it does your education, your track record, or anything else you can imagine. I mean, you could be the most educated person in the world, sit here with three or four PhDs, but if you don't have a hungry heart for God, He's not coming near you. You wonder why, you know, why, why is so-and-so get this blessing and I don't? Maybe because they spent hours and hours and hours on their knees. I mean, we have people in this church that for over three years have been coming here at 6.30 in the morning, four days a week and pray. 6.30 in the morning, four days a week. For over three years, they show up and they pray. And they pray for those breakthroughs and they get them. Because God is with them. He sees that hunger. I don't know, some of you have a, like a slot machine mentality where you're just gonna put in a, this little bit, pull a lever and hopefully everything's gonna pour out on you. It's not gonna end, it's not gonna work that way. Jesus made an ultimate sacrifice. What did he tell people? I don't even have a place to live. I have nowhere to call home here on earth. For three years he traveled around, pitched the tent wherever they could, was persecuted. And then we don't want to change our schedule to do this or to do that because it's too inconvenient. What if God said that to you? Yeah, I put my son Jesus on a cross to die for your sin, but, you know, I'm not going to die for yours because it's a little inconvenient for me. But I'll die for this one. He poured out for every man and the woman and the face of this earth that will call upon his name. What's the song saying? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. They called David a man after God's own heart. David was a warlord. You understand that, right? He was a warlord. He lived in a time that you can't comprehend when you try to place it in and compare it to today's society. He lived at the beginning of the Bronze Age. The Philistines had swords, the Israelites didn't. I mean, things were changing in the world. David led men into battle. He fought for every inch of ground. He saw his, his wife and his children and the wives and the children of his people carried off to the point where his men wanted to stone him. He hid in caves. 
but he cried out for God. He cried out for God. He never lost touch with God. God was with him all the time. He sought God. Joshua sought God before he would go into battle. Yeah, Joshua led the people into the promised land, but it didn't just open up for you, which is a misconception that a lot of Christians believe. Now they, they think if they surrender to Jesus, that the world's going to be perfect. He tells us, you're going to be persecuted for my, for having faith in me. You're going to be persecuted on my account. The Southern Baptist Convention just ended last week out in California. Now, they made a resolution in their documents. And it says that they declared prosperity gospel and all those that preach it to be false doctrine. And they won't allow it in any of their churches. The Southern Baptists also don't allow women pastors, just so you know that. <laughs> the only church that has them is Rick Warren's. And I don't know what they're going to do about that. But We're in the Church of God. We have an assembly coming up in August. Well, they'll be making resolutions and stands. And we've made resolutions on where we stand on different things. And you can find them online, the beliefs. But we believe that Jesus Christ died for all. We believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. That there is no error in it. That everything is there. So how do we get hungry? How do we create this desire? Well, if you fasted, you know your flesh creates a hunger for food. But if you dive into God, if you get down on your knees, if you spend that time with Him, and at first it's going to be a battle because every little thing that you can think of is going to come up against you. The minute you get in the prayer room, you're going to think, well, I should have done the laundry. Oh, what am I going to do at the store tomorrow? Oh, what about this? Oh, so-and-so is texting me. Blah, blah, blah. And it just never ends. Because the enemy doesn't want you in a relationship with God. He doesn't care if you're sitting here in church. You're sleeping, playing on your cell phones. He doesn't care. That's what you're doing. But when you're down there on your knees seeking God, the enemy doesn't like that. And all of you that have seeked God and gone after God know what I'm talking about because you've all faced it. For me, my best quiet time is in the car. Because I can, there's nothing there to bother me. The people on the road, they don't bother me at all either. I either pass them or go around them, I do something. 
but I can listen to God. I spend time quietly in the swimming pools sometimes, just me and God. We're home, sitting on the couch, turn off everything, and just try to listen to his quiet voice and see what he would have for me. James tells us that if we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another, you may be healed. Oh, but that opens up a whole new avenue in the flesh, doesn't it? You're going to go tell somebody? You're going to confess your sin to somebody? Oh, what if they boasted? Oh, so-and-so confessed their sin to me. Now the whole world knows forever. I'd say they lose their blessing. But James says, hey, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. This is what brothers and sisters in Christ do. This is going to help you develop that hunger. Being hungry for God is so important. I mean, wouldn't you all like to get up one day and we all just go down to the, to the ocean and all of you go walking across the water? You'd have the whole place looking at Look at those people walking across the water, or to be able to go in a hospital and just wave your hands. Heal them, Lord, heal them, and they just get up and walk away. Hallelujah. You have the power to do that to your neighbor. But we get more concerned about the worldly things. But it says, Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another. They may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. God can see how hungry you are. You know, just praying and throwing out. I pray all day long. I mean, I don't sit down and just pray nonstop. I'll throw a 30-second prayer out here and there, 10 seconds here and there. I'm constantly talking to God. I mean, you don't want to go into a store with me because you'll hear me talking and people think I'm a lunatic. Who are you talking to? It's like when you were a little kid and you had those invisible friends that nobody saw. Spiritual people throughout history have turned to fasting for the power of prayer. Daniel fasted. In chapter 9, he had a hunger and his thirst for the deliverance of an entire nation. And he fasted and he prayed for God to bring that deliverance. David writes in Psalm 84 too, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the law, Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. 
He'll rest to you. He'll fill you fully. When the number one thing you desire is God, then the number one thing you're going to get is God. But we, we, hear, we, we worship a lot of little gods, little Gs. We worship the little G of money, the little G of this, the little G of that. And we need to stop it. Idolatry is not going to get you closer to God. Surrender everything to God. He's worthy of it. He deserves it. How do you get this hunger? How do you keep it coming? The first time you really get let down by a friend, someone that you really trust, you really thought was a close friend and they deceive you, you're going to go right to God because he's going to be the only one that will give you any kind of comfort. So that will be one way of starting it. But I mean, you can have the glory of God just fill your house. Just by praying. Just by staying there. You know, you may be far away from God right now, but he's willing to bring you in closer. He's willing to have you near. He didn't create you for any other reason than to have fellowship with him. He didn't create you to be the best this or the best that that you could be. That's just a reward that you get. He created you to follow and fellowship with him. He wants to walk in the cool of the day with you. He wants to get up in the morning with you. He wants to be there when you drink your coffee or your tea. God wants to be there all the time. But you need to go after that. You need to chase that. God's not going to do it for you. He gave you free will. That's why the world's out there. He let them choose what they wanted. He's given each and every one of you that choice. It's up to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isn't that amazing? God says, just call on me. I got things, great things I want to show you. It's all we need to increase our relationship with God. Just get hungry for him. Revelation 3.20, you all know the verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he with me. What a wonderful thing to have God sitting at your table. And we'll put some of you on edge because you want to put out the best china and all this stuff because, you know, you've got to look good for God. But he's seen you at your worst. He's seen you when you were in that miry pit. He's seen you when you were in that hole, when you were scraping, when you were hurting, when you were crying, when you tried to fix everything yourself. 
where you put your foot in your mouth every time you opened it. God was right there. He watched. He was just waiting for you to call upon him. Because if you did, he would have helped you out. But we get so caught up in ourselves. We think we can do everything. We think we can manage life. We can't manage life. We're totally opposite of the ways of the world. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You get out there and you start talking gospel, they start mocking you. Oh, don't come here anymore. They're making it harder and harder for churches to do things. They're making it harder and harder for churches to get through city ordinances, to get permits for this and that. The world is coming after us. They want to destroy us. They want to destroy us. 29, 13, the book of Jeremiah. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart. Some of you are only given that much. You need to give it all. You won't believe the change it'll make. Listen to some of the people that have changed their lives. Listen to the testimonies of some of the people in this place. Again, Jeremiah says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? God has called you by name. I'm going to forget some of your names. But God will never forget you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I will. God won't. Amen. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than two-edged sword, even piercing to the division of the soul, the spirit, and the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word. Learn God. Some of you Go after God. Ask for the gift of discernment. Because you need it. Amen. You need discernment. You need to know what's of God and what's not. Yes. You need to be able to read that page. You need to be able to meet somebody and say, well, this person's not going to be good for me. Amen. If we acknowledge and repent from that which steals our hunger from God. God will open that door. Because we all got things that block us. We all have things that do it. Every time I'm preparing something, every time I want to get into prayer, there is something coming up against it. Somebody will call. Somebody will text. Some thought will come through my head that God didn't put there. 
just wants us hungry. You're hungry for God? Continue to go after it. Get hungrier. Get hungrier. Whatever your favorite food is, just pretend God's holding it out there. And he's going to continue to give it to you. Let your favorite food be his word. Amen. Let your favorite food. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Get a prayer partner. Get somebody you can call every day and pray together. Even for a few minutes. That's all it takes. Just spend some time together. Stop feeding yourself with the ways of the world. Turn off the television. Turn off the news. Get off Facebook. Throw away the selfies. And go after God. Even if you take half the time that you serve the world away and put it with God, soon you'll develop more and more hunger. Soon you'll develop more and more time that you really want to spend with God. I mean, I'm looking for the day when people can come in here in wheelchairs and walk out. I'm looking for the day when the drug addicts can lay on the floor at the altar here and get up and never have an urge to do a drug again. Because that power is here. Each and every one of you got it. Each and every one of you got it. You just got to develop it. Because Jesus said, greater works than him you're going to do. He was talking to you. Greater works than these you shall do. I give you all authority to cast out the demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. But you're not going to do it unless you're hungry. You're not going to do it unless you're hungry. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out those demons. Do it in the name of Jesus. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians when he was writing to Corinthian church and if you know anything about the Corinthian church it was, well Corinth itself is a pretty corrupt area they had a lot going on they had a lot of idol worshippers, they had temple prostitutes, I mean they had the whole thing going on they were as corrupt then as we are today, maybe more And Paul says, all things are lawful to me. He understood what was legal by the law. But he said, not all things are helpful. Not everything that is legal or you're able to do is helpful for you. Not all things that go on are good for you. It's unfortunate, but they're not. So Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify me. Not all things that you see, that you participate in, although they're good, they're legal, they may not edify you. They may not grow you any closer to God. They may take you further away. 
I mean, sitting around the table talking to a bunch of friends is fine. But then when you start gossiping, it doesn't edify anything. It's sinful. Should be, should be extinguished. Going to a, a sporting event, perfectly legal. Is it going to edify anything? Or would you have a better time at church? You know, parents have those decisions to make because down here you've got all these sporting events for kids on Sunday. So you got to get them somewhere where they can go Sunday afternoon. Because spiritual hunger is important. A spiritual life is important. God's been taken out of everywhere and our society has become so corrupt. we got to bring it back. we got to be the church. we got to be the disciples of Jesus. I mean, is that your end goal? Is your end goal here to be a disciple of Jesus as you walk up into heaven? Mine is to walk away like Enoch. I want to walk across the platform and be gone. And you see me no more. That's exactly the way I want to leave this earth. Now, I don't know whether God will let me do that or not. But that's what I'm asking him. Just let me be here one second and gone the next. But I have to chase after Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He has... God has put a Holy Spirit in me that is constantly refining areas. I'm constantly being sanctified as I go. You get an initial sanctification, but you have to grow in it. So we need to fast. We need to do something for Jesus. We need to do something for Jesus. What did Jesus say to us? I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Now, I know you all like bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Why? Because God will continue to feed you. He will continue to feed you. Pray to get hungry. Pray to get hungry, church. Amen. Pray to get hungry. Amen. Come on, Chris. Let's all stand. We're standing right now. There's food in the back. So, Lord, we ask your blessing upon the food.